Yeah, so we had gone to uh, dinner at my pastor's house, and you know they were like, "Oh, we'll you know provide the main course and all that uh, if you just bring a vegetable." And so we're like, "Oh, we'll bring a salad." So Jamie made you know kale salad with all sorts of fun stuff. It's pretty good. And you know afterwards we're in the kitchen and they'd rinsed off the salad bowl that we brought it in. But then we're just standing there, and so it's this wooden, uh, like a bamboo salad bowl, and it's got these claws, you know, for tossing and serving. And, you know, they're basically just the size of a palm. Like, there's not, you know, a a handle or anything on them. But there is this tiny little peg that sticks out like a quarter of an inch in the middle of the palm of these claws. (laughs) And so my pastor's wife just reaches over and takes them and uses the claws, or uses the... Uh, little uh, things that are sticking out, puts them on the side of the bowl and they just hang there. And me and Jamie, I mean, we've had the bowl for like three years. We're like, huh, never knew it did that. Hello and welcome. This is episode five of We Don't Know What We're Doing, a podcast on the thoughts and misadventures of your hosts. I am Joshua Crawford from Kansas City, Missouri, and with me is Matt Austin in Fairfax, Virginia. Hello. So Matt, I understand that we are moving up in the world and we have a listener email that we need to share. We we do have listener feedback, uh, so I will... I will go ahead and read the question, and we can uh, we can discuss. This is super exciting. A a listener from Fairfax, Virginia, wants to know: Do you guys hacky sack? <laughs> Why, yes, listener in Fairfax, Virginia, um, I do, but only if I'm around people who do. So it's not something that I carry in my pocket and uh, I just pull out whenever. What about you, Matt? I seem to recall actually we've hacky sacked together. That seems possible. I, I I don't remember any specific instances, but that seems likely that it's happened. Um, so full disclosure, the uh, the listener was my wife. We were actually in Michigan a couple of weeks ago, and we were just sitting around talking. I don't even know how it came up. She was like, I, I can imagine Josh hacky sacking. And then I joked that she should send in a listener email uh, <laughs> to see... Because my my response at the time was, like I I mean I was never like a hacky sack person. So like I I don't think I did. Like I can imagine Josh doing it and then me standing right next to him making fun of him. <laughs> See what's hilarious is when you introduced the email. You said a listener from Fairfax, Virginia, and I was like, oh, he's playing this really cool. Like he's gonna pretend we don't know who this person is okay well that's kind of deceptive that's the content of the email i I was reading that one verbatim (laughs) i I did chop off sent from my iphone but i have a distinct memory of you myself chad and possibly jeff standing in a park uh attempting to hacky sack in fact it it might have been in Washington, D.C. Somehow that cast of characters made it increasingly unlikely that that was the case. <laughs> well, you know, we should do a uh, an episode on memory. 
because I have all kinds of memories that on reflection may be fabricated, uh, assembled from various parts and pieces of dreams and things that never happened. Oh yeah. I, I know that's the case for me. All right. Well, we should get into our topic. So this episode, we are going to be talking about traveling with children, which uh, both of us now have young children, uh, or one young child, at least each. And so I think we're back on brand here. Uh, you know, last time we were talking about meat and you kind of knew what you were doing with that. With this topic, we've both done some travel with our child, but I still wouldn't say we know what we're doing. I learned some things on, on our trip that we took with Nathaniel and you've done a lot more travel actually, uh, than we have, but I, I think we're still in the, we don't know what we're doing camp with this. Yeah. I don't think, you know, nothing has been disastrous per se. Um, although mistakes were made <laughs> as we'll discuss. <laughs> yes. So I, the only trip that we've taken so far with, uh, Nathaniel, he is, uh, 22 months old at this point. And we have not been brave enough to take him very many places, but I was going for an extended field assignment for work. And so my choice was be away from my wife and son for, you know, an extended period of weeks, except maybe for one or two visits on a weekend or bring them with me, which fortunately my, my wife is currently in uh, kind of a transition period, uh, working more on her own personally. So she's a little more in control of her own schedule. And so that worked out. Uh, Nathaniel's not in school yet and we could just pack up and go. So, uh, we flew to Florida actually, which for us involved two legs of a flight, one that was, you know, only an hour and a half ish and another one that was closer to like two and a half hours. So not super long flights, but, I was terrified about traveling with him as high energy as he is. So uh, definitely learned some stuff with that trip. I'll, I'll share some things. Where uh, where all have you guys traveled? Uh, yeah, so I didn't realize you guys have only really done the one trip with him. Uh, we've done a good number of trips. So Jamie's family is all in Michigan outside Detroit. So we'll go back a couple times a year uh, or See, so, yeah, I should say that she normally goes back in April, and then I'll go with her in August, and then around either Christmas or Thanksgiving, depending on the year or uh, what's going on. So we've made, you know, all those trips with the babies. So she has flown solo uh, with Abigail. I've flown with them and Abigail, or with her and Abigail. Um, we've also gone. And that's not that bad. So that's one of uh, one of Jamie's principles is only get direct flights, which I, I I'm happy to comply with. <laughs> um, and it's usually fulfillable, especially you know around DC area we have three airports to choose from. So there's a good chance that somewhere's going to get me where I need to go in one hop. Um, so we've done that. Uh, we've flown to Texas. Uh, that was about a three-ish hour flight. Uh, that one was even a little bit easier uh, because we had my parents were also flying with us. Um, we've also driven uh, to Michigan and back because 
when I have the choice, I will definitely drive. Um, I just don't enjoy flying all that much. Like the actual act of flying, if it was just getting on the plane, flying and landing, that would all be <laughs> fine. But everything surrounding landing and the airports and security, yada, yada, heightened when you have a baby and all of the stuff that goes along with a baby. <laughs> um, it's just not worth it. So if I can, you know, get a drive under, you know, eight, nine hours, I will do that over flying every time. Yeah. Uh, so we've done that. Um, last year we drove to Maine and back, which is about a 12 hour drive, but we were able to break that up over two days. We have some friends in Connecticut we stayed with. So that was a sort of a convenient, almost halfway point. Nice. And then next week we are driving down to the beach in North Carolina. That's about a seven-ish hour drive. Very cool. Well, see, if you're counting drives, we, so we have taken him like down to Springfield. We took him down to uh, Eureka Springs, which was about a six-hour drive. You know, and we did that in one day. Yeah, I definitely count anything, any drive that's over, you know, three hours or so as as a legitimate trip. That's something yeah. you still have to plan for. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, the so I fly a lot for work, and I actually enjoy flying. But I think mainly that's because if I'm flying by myself, I get a couple hours of uninterrupted peace. Uh, as long as you ignore the drone of the aircraft engines, I'm stuck in one place. And nobody bothers me, and so I can read or work on something or whatever, and I'm not I'm not distracted. But yeah, traveling with a child is uh, is a little different. So you mentioned security, so I have a funny story about that. So uh, I am uh, I now have TSA precheck. I finally bit the bullet and did that. Good choice. And yes, it was a good choice. I also am am a list on Southwest, so. I have gotten super spoiled about not standing in lines and going through security. But of course, when you travel with family, they can't go through the line with you unless they also have pre-check, uh, which my wife does not and neither does my son. So we go in the regular line and we're standing there. Uh, and he actually did great. I was super impressed because he was just so awed by what was happening around him and all the people in the uniforms and stuff that he, he was just fine. Sarah and I, on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> we, we had way too much stuff. So maybe that's the first tip we've learned is when you're traveling with a child, yes, you need extra stuff, but don't overpack. Uh, she had, like a, a big suitcase just for him, uh, a suitcase for her, a suitcase for me, and then my backpack and her backpack and a stroller. <laughs> so we're dragging all this stuff through the airport. And once we got everything dropped off at, uh, at the baggage check, that was okay. Uh, and then going through the security wasn't so bad, but uh, coming back, carrying all those bags was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So when you flew, did you, uh, I can't remember how old he was, but did you just have him on your lap? Yes. He was, uh, I think anybody, any child under 24 months can fly on your lap. Yeah. We've done, we did that early on when she wasn't as mobile. Um, 
this last time, so when we flew to Texas, we figured that was not going to last and that was not going to be not going to be a good experience for anyone. So we bit the bullet and we, we bought her a ticket and then we had our own, um, like we brought a car seat for her that would snap into the, uh, the seats there. And that actually oh, nice. worked out pretty decently. Uh, we were flying Southwest. So, you know, we were basically on, you know, after the A group and it was easy enough to find a you know, spot towards the back that no one else had wanted yet. So, yeah. So that's another tip. I'm glad you mentioned that is fly Southwest whenever possible. Because it, maybe this is just my impression. I'd be curious to hear what the other, what our listeners out there have experienced. But you know, stewards and stewardesses in general are pretty friendly. I feel like on on most airlines, but Southwest, I feel like they just take it up a, a notch. And especially when it comes to kids, I have been really impressed by the Southwest agents. Every time I there's always kids on the flight uh, from somebody going somewhere and. I've been amazed at how calm they are with them and they, they talk to the kids and get them to relax, you know, even when the parent is super stressed out. And I'm like, you guys are awesome. So how did you do on the actual flights? Uh, the flights out were not good. Um, we, we had our choice of kind of flying like super early in the morning, which Sarah didn't want to do, or later in the day. And so the way the flights worked out, we didn't arrive to our destination until like, I want to say like eight o'clock at night. Oh yeah. You're, you're yeah. in for some bad times. Yes. So he did, he did great when we were at the Kansas city airport leaving. Uh, and he did great on the first flight. But by the time the second flight rolled around, like it was dinner time, he was getting tired. It was just not good. Coming yeah. back. We didn't really have a choice. We had to get a super early flight. So when we got him up in the morning, he wasn't happy because we had to wake up at like four. But then he was so tired <laughs> that he was chill on the first flight. And then on the second flight, he, when we first got on, he was like really upset and screaming and we thought it was going to be terrible. And then he just fell asleep on me and slept the entire flight. So he, the second flight was awesome. Yeah, super early is definitely the way to go. Um, I can definitely say we flew pretty early in the mornings uh, when we went to Texas. I don't remember any of the flights before that, but, you know, especially like, so it's in nominally, if you put it in Google Maps, it's supposed to be about an eight and a half hour drive straight. Um, we usually make it from here, from door to door in about eight hours with two stops. Nice. Um, so there's there's some speeding, but <laughs> you know, in addition to that, we also leave ridiculously stupid early. Um, our our standard leaving time is about four thirty in the morning. Okay. And you know, there's two good reasons to do that. One is, you know, if you're living around here, you get out of any potential ridiculous traffic stuff before it can even happen. Right. Um, but the other thing is, you know. We'll get her up. She might fuss for a little bit, and then she'll be back down. And she usually will sleep all the way until you know the first stop that we make in Pennsylvania. Nice. And so that's you know that's a good you know two and a half to three hours usually. Yeah. And that just that definitely helps. And then you know we're getting there. It's about one o'clock, so it's about nap time. So it just it fits perfectly with the schedule and everything. Uh, yeah. There was one time uh, on the way back, I had kind of 
gone ahead. I'd rented a car and went to Cleveland to visit some friends. And then Jamie was going to pick me up from there on the way home. And then we'd drive the rest of the way. And so she got there about, we didn't leave until noon or one o'clock. And so we're coming in, it's about, you know, five, six o'clock, you know, and basically as soon as we got in Maryland, she was just screaming the whole rest of the way, just cause it was, you know, that later hour, like, what are we still doing traveling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like, I don't know, for a new parent, which I would still classify Sarah and I as new parents after almost two years. I mean, it's cause it's still our first, uh, I feel like new parents are surprised by how inflexible their kids are. But I mean, think about yourself. Like, how do you get, you know, maybe for you, it takes longer, but if you're up till midnight or one in the morning, you know, and you offset your meal time by two hours or something, you get kind of cranky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where like, we were looking at her like, okay, we, we get why you're mad. Yeah. It's not helping, but we get it. Right. <laughs> I understand. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I felt that way when we were on the plane and Nathaniel got to his absolute limit and started screaming. And I was like, uh, I don't like being on a plane either, buddy. I'm ready to get off also. <laughs> and so I well, one other thing that usually helps on her drive. So usually, you know, she'll sleep for the first segment of it. And then after that, uh, usually I'll, most of the times I'm doing, you know, driving the full way. Um, not this last time on the way out there because I was, I was so tired that I wasn't, I wasn't strictly reading signs. Um, I was just kind of <laughs> going based on color. So James right. was like, why aren't you getting in the easy pass only lane? Like it's yellow. It's not purple um, <laughs> because Pennsylvania is annoying like that and they don't have the proper signage. Um, so yeah, after we made that stop, but anyway, so who, you know, they'll have one person driving and then if we expect her to be up, the other person will just be in the backseat with her, you know, able to distract her with books or toys or food or, you know, whatever they have until she falls back asleep. Right. Yeah. So that's something interesting. So the drives to Springfield are much shorter. They're like three hours, three and a half, maybe with a stop. Um, and we have debated back and forth on the best way to handle that because the thing is, if one of us sits in the back, he will not go to sleep. Um, but on the flip side, if we both sit up front, generally he still will not go to sleep. I think I can count the number of times he's actually slept in the car on the fingers of one hand. And, and I mean for any length of time, even like 10 minutes. So... This, that's the struggle is I would like for him to go to sleep, but he's just never really been that kind of baby. And if you, if you are able to distract him, he does seem to do better. Do you feel like Abigail does better with you in the backseat or with Jamie in the backseat? Uh, usually. So it's really only been me in the backseat that one drive. Um, every other time, like I've just been, you know, doing all the driving Okay. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it really made that much of a difference. I mean, even even this last, even the time that I was in the back, again, I was so tired, like, I was barely really even doing anything with her. I was, like, you know, closing my eyes, I'm like, oh, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> you um, actually don't remember the drive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, even then, like, she's always been a really good 
traveler and you know had no problems going back to sleep so i mean at that time you know around 9 30 she kind of conked out for a morning nap for you know another hour um, so yeah so, I, I don't think it really matters who's back there it's just kind of one of those things where it's a lot easier if you know you don't have whoever's in the passenger seat just like you know constantly turning around trying to figure out what's you know how do they reach that pacifier that fell down on the wrong side of the door <laughs> abigail does that too huh it's, oh, it's yeah. hilarious when you're driving and from the back seat you hear uh oh <laughs> and you're like uh, <laughs> what now yeah, yeah. the nice thing I on long say... drives i've started taking um like i'll grab my pillow and so a lot of times jamie will just like jam that in between the car seat and the door so that she can't lose things down that side anyway that's smart yeah i um i'm trying to think i i feel like for us generally it has worked better with me in the back seat and I'm not sure entirely why, other than I feel like if Sarah is back there, he assumes that he can get what he wants. Uh, and with me, there's less sympathy. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know, but we haven't we haven't put somebody in the back seat too often. Just a couple trips where he was just really inconsolable. It seemed like. Yeah, I think that principle kind of works for us, uh, not necessarily when traveling, but like if we're just playing outside in our yard, Abigail will always be like, you know, if she's with Jamie, she's like, you know, running up to any of the neighbors like, oh, I want to go see the baby that's next door or I want to go to Vera's or I want to go to Williams across the street. And she doesn't do that when I'm there because, she, you know, I, I feel like it's easier as a woman like, you know, Oh, here's my kid. You know, we're just, we're playing in your front yard. You know, they have kids as well that are the same age, so they understand. But, you know, it's, it just feels weirder as a guy to be like, yeah, this isn't our yard, but we're, hi, how you doing? <laughs> so usually like I'll pick her up and carry her back. And I think she's just so used to that. She's like, I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> okay. Yeah. When I, uh, when I got home tonight, I guess, so he's getting to the age now where he's really starting to test us on some different things. And Sarah was just so done uh, dealing with him. She was like, okay, you can take care of him for a little bit. So uh, I went to change him. And I guess he's been fighting her on every diaper change in the last couple of days. And so she was like, if he doesn't fight you, I'm going to be so angry with you. And of course, I take him in there. And he just like lays perfectly still and <laughs> is perfectly happy. <laughs> Fortunately, I still got dinner, but uh, she wasn't happy. <laughs> so once you guys got to the beach, like how did the rest of that trip go? Um, that's, that's hard to say actually, because I, I feel like it was mixed in some ways he did super well. Like, he loved the beach, loved exploring, uh, but that was also, like, one of the first, I don't know, transition points, for lack of a better term, where he really started pushing some new boundaries and uh, and kind of testing us. Because I feel like that's come in waves. I don't know if you guys have experienced that. Uh, so before we left to go down to that trip, he had just been super compliant and obedient, we go on that trip and all of a sudden he's like climbing on the couch in the 
uh, condo we were staying in and, you know, threatening to jump off <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, grabbing stuff that he shouldn't be grabbing and uh, always wanted to be outside, like really didn't want to come inside, would start screaming if she would bring him in from the beach. Um, so I think he enjoyed it a lot. I'm not sure how much Sarah enjoyed it because it was like a huge change uh, just in his level of energy. But he did pretty well, I feel like. So we've only done the one really, like what I would classify as a vacation uh, when we drove up to May. Like, I don't really count visiting family or like when we went to Texas, that was a family reunion. Because that's more visiting people. Like, that's not what you normally think of as, you know, a vacation where you kind of go and, you know, have ways of relaxing. Um, mm-hmm. But so the one that we went to was, uh, or the one vacation that we've done uh, was when we drove up to Maine. And, you know, that was, you know, really gorgeous up there. Uh, we realized that we had made kind of a a mistake as far as how we had thought things would go. Yes. Uh, so Abigail at that time was nine months. So she was on two naps, you know, morning and then, after, you know, maybe like 930 you know, maybe like a one thirty or two o'clock or, you know, it's hard for me to remember back then. <laughs> um, but you know, where we were staying, so we were on the mainland of Maine, you know, just across of the bridge from Acadia National Park and Bar Harbor, which is where most of the you know activity kind of stuff was. Okay. And so that was about a half hour drive. And so we realized that we had this incredibly limited window of when she woke up from her first nap to when she was going to need to go down for her second nap of we can actually do things. Right. And so that made everything, you know, kind of super stressful because, you know, we'd kind of pack her up, drive there. Maybe she would do okay. Maybe she would get kind of fussy because she had just woken up or something like that. Um, Right. She was hungry. And so, you know, every time we went to do something, like it just was the super stressful, like, you know, we only have limited time. We don't know, you know, the area all that well. So we're still like staring at our phones for GPS. Um, right. Get the car parked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it was, you know, we got back and James kind of like, next year we need to do a beach vacation. Like, yeah, I agree. Like we need to have something where we can just go and we, you know, there's not, you don't have to go anywhere to do an activity. Like you can just sit on the beach and that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know, that the, sounds... the national parks are a little bit ambitious at this point. Yes, I would agree with that. Although I think you're overselling the relaxed nature of the beach vacation. Having <laughs> done a beach trip, which granted, I mean, it wasn't a vacation for us. I was there for work. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it'd be different. But still, uh, like I had this silly idea that when I got home from work in the evenings, that you know, we'd do dinner with him or whatever, put him to bed, and then we would be able to do something. Like, uh, you know, just sit out on the, the deck or something and enjoy the, the sunset or whatever. Uh, but the way it worked out, uh, unless you want to spend an exorbitant amount of money, the condo we had wasn't huge. So we couldn't really, like, play a game or something and, and make noise in the other room. Cause it was right next to his bedroom Oh yeah. and he would hear us and start crying and we couldn't really go anywhere either. So like, uh, you know, doing dinner at a nice restaurant or something, we couldn't really do that. 
So <laughs> there was a lot more uh, putting him to bed and then just kind of sitting in the condo <laughs> than I expected. <laughs> Yeah, we have some friends that do, they have three kids, and they do a lot of traveling, and they have, like, so many pictures on their, you know, Instagram feed from years ago when they had little kids, would be Mm -hmm. them hanging out in the hotel bathroom uh, while their kids were sleeping, because that was the only (laughs) place they could go. Oh, that's funny. We'll see how how this beach trip goes. We do have, you know, my parents will be there, so they'll be able to watch her for a little bit, although I'm not going to just like, oh, here's our kid. We're going to go have a vacation. uh, Right. Vacation, too. Um, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes, because I'm I'm definitely not expecting it to be, you know, as relaxing as beach vacations without kids. Um, I'm kind of reminded of, like, right after we had settled on this, uh, one of the people that I follow, um, he's an artist and writer, Austin Cleon, had a blog post uh, entitled The Season of Lies, uh, talking <laughs> about you know people like taking you know, all these beautiful photos, you know, the happy family photos on vacation that you know completely elide any you know friction that happened on there. And, you know, <laughs> bullet point number one is traveling with young children is not a vacation; it is a trip. Yes. That is very true. I, I will say, you mentioned hotels. So we had, on that trip, we had two nights in a hotel, not back-to-back, uh, but two nights during the trip that we had Nathaniel with us. And uh, so we managed to put him to bed without hiding in the bathroom. But the only way we did that was we turned out all the lights. One of us would go ahead and get in bed, and then the other person would put him to bed, and then almost like army crawl <laughs> over to the bed and crawl in as quietly as possible. Um, so yeah. what we have found worked really well is the condos. The condo worked well. The trip we took uh, to the Eureka Springs area with her family, we were able to get a little bit bigger condo that had a couple bedrooms. And so it had like an upstairs and a downstairs. And so that was perfect because for nap time, you could put him in the small little bedroom on the, the lower level. And mm-hmm. then we could hang out in the, the living room upstairs, you know, and not, yeah. not disturb him. Yeah. I feel like we did something similar. We had gone down to Lynchburg, Virginia. It's about a three hour drive uh, to see some family. And we were staying in a hotel where I think it was like the same kind of thing. We had a fairly large hotel room, but the pack and play didn't actually fit in the bathroom or anything. So it was just kind of like, shunted over towards where the bathroom area was and we had just put up like a bunch of pillows and you know blankets or something to block off as much light as we could but after we put her down we're like yep here we are (laughs) that's all yeah so the uh the beach i'm i think should be fine because we so we've rented a house and it's you know a house that leads out to a pool and then there's just a little bridge over the dunes to the beach so we literally don't have to go anywhere to even go to the beach that's awesome. Yeah, that I think you guys will enjoy that super well. What, uh, as far as like when you're traveling, what have you found works for keeping uh, Abigail entertained? Uh, so usually we have basically just a backpack full of you know toys that she likes, uh, and she's usually pretty. Ha- you know, we'll have a mix of. You know, there are at least some books in there, um, some other toys. Uh, pinwheels have been a pretty good investment. Uh, <laughs> not that we have, like, we have 
two, I think, and one is sorely beaten. But, uh, you know, those are always fun. Just, you know, little distractible things, nothing too big and bulky. Uh, we haven't broken down uh, on our way out to Michigan. Um, sometimes at night after dinner, usually I'm kind of uh, playing with her before we take her up for a bath and put her in bed. And sometimes, you know, if we're downstairs, I might put on um, the PBS Kids shows. Uh, there's a show called Nature Cat uh, that's mm-hmm. usually on at that time. And she likes that one. So Jamie had, like, downloaded some to our, some of the episodes for that to her iPad. Uh, but we haven't broken out that. Like, we haven't gotten to the point where we just, like, you know, chuck a screen at her and be like, here you go. Yeah. I, I will confess, we have. Uh, I was super opposed to that. But as a nuclear option, Baby Einstein does work really well. But uh, Sarah also found there were these cool, I, I think it was a blog. I'll have to ask her whose blog she found that on so we can give them a shout out. But uh, they're basically reusable stickers. They just cling with uh, like static, so they're they're rubbery too. They're not uh, they're not made with paper, so they don't tear. And so you can stick them on the airline window and then peel them back off, or you know stick them on the tray table. And so he one of the flights, I think the majority of the flight, he was either pointing out the window at you know the ground. Or he was peeling those stickers on and off and putting them on things. So that that worked yeah. really well. Yeah, uh, a Magnadoodle is also a good choice. Oh, yeah. Well, we Especially once to... they learn how to actually wipe it clear. Like once they get yes. the hang of that, you're set. <laughs> they just scribble, scribble, wipe, scribble, scribble, wipe. <laughs> uh-huh. We haven't tried the pinwheel yet. That That's a good idea. We should try that. Yeah, and depending on your vehicle, uh, so our neighbor had pointed out, you know, they have one of the larger uh, SUVs or minivans or one of those, but it has, you know, the vents in the top, like above the car seats. And those actually put out enough air where you can just kind of hold it up and it'll blow the pinwheel for them. And they'll be, oh, hey. oh, nice. That's very clever. Yeah, the first time he saw a pinwheel, we took it into the backyard and it was a pretty, it was a decently windy day. And his eyes got so big and just like, what is that? (laughs) Oh, I love the process of discovery. So what about uh, stuff to bring or to leave behind? Do you have any tips? So I have one that I'll share. um, And I have to confess I was wrong. Yes, it does happen occasionally. (laughs) When we were going down to Florida we took the stroller with us because uh, we have a jogging stroller. And okay. my wife was like, this is my sanity. While you're at work, I have to be able to get out and run with him or I'll go crazy. So, okay, we'll bring it. Uh, but we checked it in the airport because I was like, I don't want to lug that thing through the airport. We'll just carry him around. Uh, on the way back, we kept the stroller with us. For us, that was the best decision ever. And it probably depends on maybe the the size of your kids. But on the trip down, we were not only carrying like our carry-on luggage and whatever food we bought or whatever, but he was only content to walk for, you know, two or three minutes at a time Mm -hmm. and then wanted to be carried. So we were carrying him everywhere. 
but then he also, you set him down and he would go running off in one direction or another. And, uh, you know, we were scared we were going to lose him or something with the stroller. Not only did we have a convenient chair to tie him down in so we could keep track of him, but the stroller became like its own luggage cart where we could shove, you know, water bottles and stuff in it. So I loved having that. Yeah. So in a similar vein, so when we flew to Texas, uh, so we had, you know, I mentioned that we got that car seat. It was a really lightweight, you know, especially as far as car seats go, uh, just a travel car seat. Um, and in addition to that, we basically just got like a little miniature hand cart that was collapsible and that we just ratchet strapped the car seat to. And so that was great. So just, you know, the fact that we had that, it was on wheels. Like she was happy just to get in and out and in and out and in and out. Uh, like that, that was entertainment enough, but you know, if she wasn't in it, then we could just, you know, throw a backpack or two or, you know, whatever we could on top of that. And it, Mm -hmm. it definitely did make things easy. Nice. So, yeah, you don't have to go to the full jogging stroller route. You can uh, just buy a little luggage cart and a portable car seat, and there you go. Yeah, especially, I mean, because once we got there, we were renting a car, so we were going to have to have a car seat anyway. Right. No, we, we, we brought both. No one has ever accused us of over, or I'm sorry, of underpacking. <laughs> Overpacking, yes, we have been accused of. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, I know... Like early on, we had we got an extra stroller and we drove that to Michigan and we just left that one there so that that would always be there when we got there, uh, and then that way we wouldn't have to bring it there and back and there and back every time we went. That's smart. We want the grandparents to have one too. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> so, any other? pro tips before we bring our episode to a close i'm trying to remember uh so there was there's a family in our church and they have uh some older kids uh probably around like 11 and then twins around nine eight or nine something like that and you know we've joked to them that like you know we just want them to adopt us because we'll look on you know their instagram feed um speaking of the season of lies and all photos are but you know they'll do all sorts of uh you know trips just you know either day trips or anything like that and we're like how do you do that <laughs> and you know she, i honestly she gave really good advice she's like don't expect it to work um you know be fine if you know all that you do is you get there you get on the metro and then you metro straight back home when you get to whatever your stop was because mm-hmm. you know they're not going to do the rest of the trip right um you know i mean that's not always an option you know if you're driving to the beach or driving to michigan or something like that Um, right or flying at that point you just have to power through but you know be okay if it's not if it doesn't go as well as you hoped right Um, mostly because you don't really have a choice (laughs) i think that's really good advice we've done a couple uh more activities in just in town. I feel like we've gotten bolder with that. So we, like we went this past weekend to this ethnic festival that the city put on and we broke, you know, one of the cardinal rules, which is that you do not have your child out past their bedtime. Uh, And we kept him out for 
eh, maybe like an hour past his bedtime or so. And um, so he was wired when we got home. It was harder to put to bed. You know, he didn't sleep as well. So the next morning was a little more rough. But we got through it. And we had a ton of fun. And he had a ton of fun. And we got, you know, some good pictures and video. And uh, so we were like, hey, you know, we can do this. We can have fun. But like you said, you just have to adjust your expectations. Like you're not, uh, you're not going to go hang out all evening. You're going to go kind of get a feel for it, experience it, and then you're going to have to go home. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, uh, you know, we were talking a couple of episodes ago. We were asking, you know, how have things changed? You know, how, have, how has like going out with friends changed? You know, it's, you know, you, you adjust your expectations. Everything is earlier. And, you know, sometimes you just go home with a screaming baby. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and, and you go home. Sometimes you go to the hotel room and then you have a screaming baby. Right. But you know what? Eventually they sleep and then the next day is better. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, I think we will bring our episode to a close. Uh, if I was going to offer any more pro tips, I guess the one thing I would say is just from listening to Matt and I talk, hopefully you can tell the difference between us actually that he and Jamie are actually much more comfortable with travel in general. And uh, I think consequently, Abigail is more comfortable with travel than Nathaniel. So um, getting your kids out will have an impact on them. It will expand their horizons, but uh, parents and children all have different personalities and so you don't have to live up to your friend's Instagram feed. You don't have to do the same number of trips as, as other people you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it is really good for, for families to be able to get out and do, do something, you know. Yeah, and I guess to that point, I mean, just my own historical impressions based on stories that you've told, Abigail is a way easier baby. Like, there's no other <laughs> way to say it. <laughs> Like, she's always been a good sleeper. She's always been a good eater. Like, we've never had these massive problems, you know, ever since, you know, two or three months. Like, she was sleeping basically through the night or, you know, she'd get up once to get fed early on. Um, But, yeah, she's always been super easy. And so that's helped make us, you know, like, give us the confidence, like, okay, yeah, we can probably we can probably do this. I'm going to blame genetics on some of that. You, you and Jamie are both, both just chill. So Abigail's chill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's true. Different babies are different. And I, before we had Nathaniel, I totally would have blamed the parents. Uh, but now I'm like, ah, there is some of that that's not in your control. (laughs) (laughs) So for, uh, for this episode, for our semi-random excellence, I have a a pretty offbeat thing to share about, actually. It is very tangentially related to travel and actually Instagram now. uh, I've been wondering what this is since you put this in the show notes because it's basically just a random collection of letters as far as I can tell. Right. So I'm I'm late to this trend like I am with so many trends. drones and drone photography has been a thing now for a while. Um, and I just discovered it this year as in like, I knew about it before, but I had no idea what went into it and, and, uh, how many people were doing it. So 
I did a little research on drones because I thought I, I wanted to learn to fly one. I wanted to have one myself. Uh, so I started looking into what you can buy. And it turns out you can spend a lot of money on drones and get some really nice quality uh, products, which you can crash and completely destroy within the first five minutes that you own them. So uh, while you know DJI and, and some other companies make really nice high-end, you know, $15 or, or many thousand dollar drones. Um, that wasn't for me. I just wanted to learn to fly. So after doing my research, I ended up selecting a, uh, a budget drone. It's, it's like 35 bucks and it's, uh, called the SEMA X5C. And for that $35, you get a, uh, lightweight drone, which uh, does not have to be registered with, uh, with the uh, the federal government, which is nice because they've changed the rules on that now. And anything over, uh, I think it's 0.55 pounds now has to be registered. Uh, but it's, so it's registry free. And uh, not only is it pretty stable and easy to fly, but it also comes with a camera. You can take pictures, you can take video. So I've just been using that to practice flying and uh, and learning. And I hope one of these trips that we go on with Nathaniel, uh, maybe I'll have upgraded by then and I can get some cool aerial photography. So if, uh, if you guys are interested in learning how to fly a drone, I can't tell you how many times I've crashed this thing into a tree and somehow it's still alive. So for $35, that's not bad. If you want to learn, check that one out and, uh, and crash that one before you upgrade. Sounds like fun. Yep. So with that, thank you so much for listening. We would love to hear from you. Our email address is podcast at we don't know dot info. Our website is we don't know dot info. That has all the important social media links for us. Please write us with thoughts, questions, comments, funny stories. Seriously, anything you've got, we'll take it. We love getting feedback and we love interacting with you guys. And we will be back at you in another two weeks. We'll even take some uh, hacky sack tips if you've got any. <laughs> Only for Jamie's sake, though. <laughs> Other than that, I'd rather have some, I don't know, Halo tips, since we were talking about things that we once were a few episodes ago. <laughs> right, well, have a good night. Episode 5